Hi, it's Glenn O'Neill. Today is Tuesday, January 25th, and this is A Close Look at San Filippo Syndrome, Episode 10. Uh, 10 minutes filled with five topics in the world of San Filippo Syndrome and some of the work we've been doing here at Cure San Filippo Foundation. As a reminder, San Filippo Syndrome is a rapidly degenerative and fatal disease in children with no cure or treatment. Uh, getting off to a slow start on podcast this year, so bear with us, um, but we're going to get back up to speed and we'll be doing these every couple of weeks. So I wanted to first discuss the just incredible generosity that came in at the end of the year 2021 and that we're already seeing in 2022. The end of year donations allowed us to surpass our $2 million goal to fund research in 2021. And the total was $2,075,975, just incredible. And the beginning of this year is off to a great start, thanks to a $115,000 contribution from the foundation Reagan's Hope. You might remember from a previous podcast that little Reagan passed away unexpectedly at age nine. Her family has been running the foundation, Reagan's Hope, since her diagnosis, and they wanted these supporter donations to go to a gene therapy project happening at the University of North Carolina that we are collaborating on. As I said in our public post about this donation, we are so thankful for this incredibly generous support for this important project. The supporters of Reagan's Hope can know that their support is giving future families and children hope and a chance at a better future. Having met Reagan and her family several times, it's our absolute honor to remember Reagan in this way, and she'll always be with us in the work we do to help children. We thank Reagan's parents and the generous foundation supporters. We all miss her very much. Other early year support coming in uh, has come in from our friends in Sweden. Krema Era Barn, which stands for Hug Your Children, is contributing $29,000 toward the Type C project from their supporters and fundraising work. And Campen Mott Klocken, which stands for Fight Against the Clock, is contributing $41,000 towards the Type C project. This is raised by their supporters, and one of the events they do every year is an annual, sort of like a polar bear plunge here, but in Sweden, so very cold, as you can imagine. Uh, again, we want to thank the thousands who continue to allow the foundation to fund research and clinical trials in the hopes of reaching many more children. Next topic, on to the FDA. We're working to have a meeting in the coming weeks with the FDA to discuss four key topics. We're collaborating with another US-based nonprofit, Team San Filippo Foundation, in these efforts to bring the caregiver's voice and the preferences to this discussion. The four key areas we're gonna be talking about are first, we're reviewing the summary points we made in the MPS3 patient advocacy group submission of comments regarding the San Filippo draft guidance for industry. And this was submitted to the public docket back in May of 2020. We're really interested to see what type of progress the FDA is making on this and where they stand on some of our recommended changes. Second, we wanna share the insight of the nuances of how placebo arms would be received by the patient community and in what circumstances potentially they may be feasible. It's clear the patient community does not want placebo, but sometimes the FDA wants this from a statistical standpoint, which can be understandable. We wanna highlight the circumstances where placebo, based on the type of study being done, is not beneficial and is not needed. Third, we wanna share patient caregiver perspectives on acceptability of unconfirmed and uncertain clinical benefit in the setting of an accelerated approval. So this is basically the feedback that we've gotten from the community that they would try anything, even if there was no guarantee of benefit 
uh, to the point of them still wanting to try a drug even if the benefit might be very small. Basically, if there's science that says it may help San Filippo children, overwhelmingly families want to try that option. And then finally, we want to have a discussion about the use of the multi-domain responder index, the MDRI, in San Filippo syndrome clinical trials and discuss some of these specific domains. We're trying to work with the FDA to come up with some domains that would fit with San Filippo and be acceptable to the FDA and to the families and institutions that would run them. This has been a real challenge to try to get endpoints of what we're measuring to be valid and to be things that are actually showing change and showing the benefit where we believe is being seen in clinical trials and will be seen in future clinical trials. So it's a really important point there. Next up, I want to highlight two new grants that were funded at the end of 2021. The first is identifying disease modifiers in the fly models of MPS3A, and this is being done at Clemson University. And this could also be applicable to type 3B. Um, several years ago, we had a fly model produced and were able to use that, that fly model as needed. So this project is to identify San Filippo disease modifiers in this fly model. Uh, and it could also find new cellular pathways that can impact disease phenotypes with the nervous system for patients with San Filippo syndrome. So the success of a project here would lead to identification of new therapeutic targets or biomarkers for disease progression. So it's kind of like what we just mentioned about, about the FDA, that we need better measuring tools to be able to evaluate this disease in clinical trials. The second grant is with Monash University in Australia and it's the discovery and validation of translational biomarkers for San Filippo childhood dementia. So again, um, this is also along the lines of trying to find better ways to measure. Uh, we're co-funding this project with San Filippo Australia and foundations in Poland and Germany. Uh, and a quote from the primary investigator on this project, Dr. Kaslin, and he says, and I'll read, access to robust biomarkers of disease progression is possibly the most important tool that is currently missing for MPS3, San Filippo syndrome, outside of effective therapies themselves. Identification and validation of relevant biomarkers for San Filippo syndrome would have broad and immediate impact for clinics and research laboratories worldwide. So basically, they've identified some specific genes in San Filippo that could potentially be used as biomarkers, and if so, they could be implemented quickly in clinical trial design. So we're really excited about both of those projects. Next, uh, we're trying something new with our partner families this year who really are the heart of our foundation. They're the families that have children with San Filippo syndrome or had a child or children with San Filippo syndrome, including ours, uh, and really the core of, of the foundation. Since COVID has kept us away from being able to go out and see families, to be at fundraisers, to really collaborate like we normally would, um, what we're doing is we're doing individual family calls, video calls with each family to just talk, to see how things are going, to talk about their families, their their uh, stresses, their uh, their needs. Uh, we'll talk about the foundation, the value, the benefit, some of the successes they're seeing, setbacks, and then brainstorm new ideas. You know, these meetings and conversations are going to really help us. They're going to provide us insight that'll ground us, that'll steer the foundation and the foundation work in 2022 and beyond. And the family voices will make sure that the foundation is serving our constituents in the best way possible. And lastly, in just a couple of weeks is the annual World Lysosomal Storage Conference. San Filippo syndrome is one of more than 50 lysosomal storage diseases. 
So this is a specific conference where San Felipe researchers and scientists from around the world all come together to share results, to brainstorm, to collaborate. This is the place to be uh, and the place where, where all the kind of science emerges from, really. Cure San Filippo will again have a booth there and a table, and we're happy to be co-authors on two poster presentations happening that week. The first poster is on Monday, and it's being presented by Dr. Christine Yu, and the title is The Timely Diagnosis of Mucopolysaccharidosis Type 3, Results from an Innovative Education Program Targeting U.S. Pediatricians. So this poster is about the medical education program that we created and that we went out to thousands of pediatricians to increase awareness about testing for San Filippo. The second poster is being presented by Dr. Linda Polgreen, and this is the phase one, two clinical trial of Anakinra and San Filippo syndrome and outcomes from eight weeks of palliative treatment. So this poster is about the clinical trial and results we're seeing, and this is the clinical trial that Cure San Filippo has funded thanks to your support. And we also collaborated in designing this study, so we're really excited to hear the latest results. We have several other key meetings that week with partners, and we really look forward to a really productive week. We'll be sure to do a follow-up in a future podcast about World and, and how the conference went in February. So I think that's it. I think that's my 10 minutes. We hope your year is off to a great start. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for making the world a better place. Until next time, thank you. Mm -hmm.